0: That's a clown question, bro. I Mr. So I'm going to kick some dirt. He gets on base. Just a bit outside. I'm not the type of player that's going to be Johnny Hustle. If you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball, kind of whenever. I'm your host, Christiana. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, this is
1: our first show Uh our first news show post hall of fame election. Uh, we obviously had a lot of coverage on that and, uh, feels like now I'm ready to get going and started on the new season.
0: Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it does. There, feel I that
1: mean, way. depending, uh, what happens with the labor
0: negotiations 2.0? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so far it looks like, uh, opening day will be April 1st. Um, I know there's some weird complications with Arizona's spring training, but I mean, that'll, that should work itself out. Yeah. Hopefully. But you know, so far so good. All the other uh, leagues are playing as of now. So, you know, there's not really an argument against them playing right now. So uh, that's a very good thing. And yeah, I'm, I'm, we're about a month away from doing, you know, our division previews. Scary. Um, so, yeah, that will be um, that will be fun to do. That'll be fun coming up on uh, on them previews, and you know, nothing get. Hopefully, nothing gets in the way of the start of the season this year.
1: A lot of a lot of team storylines uh, have were majorly impacted by the events of this past week.
0: Um,
1: what the events of this past week? Yeah. I mean, the, the news that we're going to talk about just in general.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. We've, we have, you know, luckily because a lot of the, uh, the bubble, the, the weeks in which we you know went over the bubble cases, there wasn't a lot of surrounding news to fill up, you know, like an hour, but we have, we have the news this week, uh, to talk about a lot of major league transactions. Um, the first thing we'll address first thing we'll address today, uh, two uh big signings one definitely bigger than the other but two uh major players in philadelphia will be staying in philadelphia jt rail muto signed a five-year 115 and a half million dollar deal to stay in philadelphia and uh, dd gregorius signed a two-year 28 million dollar deal to also stay with the phillies so it's looking like the uh, Phillies are holding true to their uh, to their current, you know, situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, we said this with Didi Gregorius, and I'll say the same thing with JT Real Muto. This move had to be made. Uh, there's no question about it. You know, the Phillies, they've kind of been in some weird news this offseason, starting with the reports that they were shopping Zach Wheeler. And that obviously gave off the impression that they weren't going for it. Uh, in 2021 just two years after they um you know they brought in bryce harper on a massive contract and this this says that they are still going for it which they have to be and uh you know i mean there's not much of a take what take away from this move other than the phillies did what they needed to do
0: uh yeah it it honestly yeah it honestly isn't i think uh real muto was sort of the phillies despite all the uh hurrah over real Muto being on the free agent market, the Phillies were still kind of the, uh, the favorite to keep real Muto. And yeah, I think it definitely ensures that, you know, there's nothing drastic that's going to be changing in Philadelphia anytime soon. They'll still be trying to compete the same way they have been for the past couple of years and um, nothing really to panic about in Philadelphia. It's just, you know, really about building the um, the surrounding pieces that have failed them in the past, which is, you know, the bullpen, especially the starting rotation behind Nola and Wheeler. And then, uh, you know, some of the, some of the players in the lineup outside of, you know, Harper, Segura, Gregorius, Rio Muto, McCutcheon, McCutcheon, and, you others, you know, the there's some some holes in that lineup. So, you know, they have some work to do, but they they made their biggest move. They they did the thing that was, you know, highest on their checklist.
1: Yeah. For. You know, the Phillies, I mean I, I you could argue the other there's a different thing that was highest in the checklist and they've addressed that too, and that's the bullpen. Um yeah, I mean the Phillies are are to be taken seriously this year. I know that the starting pitching depth is still questionable. Uh you know, they've been kind of shopping around with Jake Arietta, uh, because of his recent performance. I don't know if you saw, but he's apparently like gonna be doing like an open bullpen session. Did they did they non tender him or like
0: well what's the deal with that? I mean he he signed a three year deal in twenty eighteen. So I think the contract is over. Did the Wow, did it to... is. JT Wow. That snuck up on me. Yeah, it hasn't been in the
1: news much. So uh, I mean, if you're the Phillies, you know you're losing Jake Arrieta, which I mean, not that that was that huge of a deal. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't as effective for you uh, as you had hoped. But as of now, you have Nola Wheeler, uh, say Zach Eflin, who I think has a lot of potential, Vince Velazquez, and then probably Spencer Howard, uh, who's obviously a pitching prospect. But you know, the important things are in the bullpen. You add Jose Alvarado. You had you add. Archie Bradley, you know, those are two guys that can really clean it up for you. And I think that Hector Neris is a guy that can thrive a lot uh, in a non-save situation. I mean, uh, a 2.5 fifth last year with a 4.57 ERA, he got unlucky. And especially when you're closing, uh, it, it gets more exposed. So I think that he can make himself better just by that nature. And then you go out and add JT Real Muto. Uh, that's, you know, you add the best catcher in the league, even though you you already had him. Um but yeah, this team is to be taken seriously in 2021.
0: Um, yeah, you know they they were a big threat to be in the playoffs, but you know they they definitely blew it at the end. Um, I think mm-hmm. they went what one and seven in their last. They, eight, they needed eight,
1: to go. No, they needed to go uh, two and eight in their last ten games. They went one
0: and nine. <laughs> yeah. So. So. That was a that was a big issue, and like you know they've been. Uh, I are you know there, there was a lot of hype about them. Okay, no, it was one me. and eight.
1: They needed to go. They needed to go two and seven. They went one and eight.
0: Yeah, they uh, there was a lot of hype about them in 2019 after signing Harper McCutcheon, trading for Segura, and trading for Real Muto. Um, there was some disappointment there. You know, injuries happened, and they underperformed a little bit last year. Personally, I had them in second place in the division. Um, they fell out at you know, at the end and, you know, blew that, blew that chance at being in the postseason. And yeah, now they're, they seem to be somewhat the same team as they were last year for better or for worse. Um, But it seems like they're kind of done. They've done all they can in this off season. There's not really a lot of bullpen, a lot more bullpen options out there as Hendricks uh, hand and Yates have all been taken. Um Maybe they could like, sneak in and try to get Ken Giles back but I don't know I don't know if he's like healthy to be you know put in a bullpen right now um so yeah like that's it seems like yeah the the Phillies checklist for the offseason is kind of they've done yeah they've
1: done what they needed to do
0: yeah Um, um and like you know if I were a Phillies fan the only thing I may be upset by is they didn't get very high profile bullpen pieces but they did improve upon their bullpen altogether and was...
1: you got to consider that next year you're you're going to have a full season of Alec Baum. Uh people forget how good this guy was in in 2020. Um if anything I'd say hope for maybe some more slugging. Uh his slash line was 338 400 481 881. Um you know, obviously that's going to smoothen out over time. You know, we only had 180 plate appearances, but a lot of encouragement uh, from the offensive side there. You hit four home runs, uh, walked 16 times in just 180 plate appearances, like I said. So the walks seem to be good. Uh, but, you know, certainly hoping to spray the ball more is the only thing I'd say.
0: Yeah. That infield, that infield uh, seems pretty taken, uh, pretty taken yeah. care of. You've got, yeah, you've got Bohm at third base, uh Gregorius at short, Segura uh seems to be comfortable at second base and you got Reese Hoskins at first. Any need and you have Mickey Moniak too, uh who can possibly get an outfield spot. He
1: was the number 1 overall pick for them in 2017 or in 2016, I'm sorry, 2016. And uh he came up, struggled last year at age 22, but uh he can definitely, uh, improve. He should definitely improve next year. And by the end of the year, he could be a starting, he could be the, your starting center fielder because, uh, on baseball reference, your outfield was listed as McCutcheon, Roman Quinn and Bryce Harper. So, uh, there's an obvious hole right there and that's where Mickey Moniak could probably fill in.
0: Uh, yeah, very, very possibly. So, um, yeah. And like, the the scott kingery project isn't really working out but well i mean you signed him to an extension
1: before he he stood it up so you're gonna need that to work
0: yeah uh so i guess technically kingery wins that deal but he also you know has not made a good impression with his performance but yeah um it seems yeah that's kind of the hole that needs to be filled infield looks pretty good Mm -hmm. obviously you just got your catcher um so yeah, I guess now the question is like you're three, four, five in the rotation, and then maybe who's who's closing out games for you. But you know, a team can't be perfect uh unless unless they're the uh Dodgers. Then yeah. you, then, then you can be perfect. You can have virtually no holes in your team. But yeah, that's uh any any more anything more on the Philadelphia Phillies? Uh, yeah, I mean, Dave Dombrowski came in
1: and uh, did what Dave Dombrowski does. You, know, you need a catcher. Here's the number one catcher on the market in the game. Never mind. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's big. I mean, this, I said it when he was hired. This team has the looks of a, Debra- of a Dombrowski team. Uh, you know, big contracts to guys like Segura, Harper, Wheeler, uh, you know, and then Romuto, but then no bullpen. So, uh, this is about par for the course from what Dave Nembrowski has managed with, uh, throughout his his executive career.
0: Yeah, and he hasn't uh, hasn't had to trade any uh, prospects as of uh, as of yet. You know, just signing yeah. big deals now. So that's always a good thing to go over. But um, yeah, I guess you know, I don't know. There were some rumors about the Phillies, but they seem to be pretty untrue, especially now about their financial situation possibly being bad, but they seem very untrue now that uh, we've seen two big deals like that. Um, And speaking of big deals, uh, one of the bigger ones to happen in this off season, uh, Nolan Arenado, who you've known as one of the best players in baseball since about 2015. Uh, In fact, I looked it up. He, since 2015, His B war only trails Mike Trout and Mookie Betts. So that's the type of caliber player we're talking about. This man, Nolan Arenado, is being traded to the St. Louis Cardinals um, for some prospects. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, a guy with a big contract gets traded over. So the prospect haul isn't crazy because it's sort of like a free agent signing because there's so much money being. Uh, doled out but he is going to the st louis cardinals the national league central has finally decided that you know one of the teams in the central has decided to improve upon themselves so great news great news for the cardinals yeah
1: i mean the NL central looked like it could have been a tank
0: division uh this
1: year but looks like someone someone cares a little bit about making the team better and that is the st louis cardinals here um i don't know off the top of my head, if this puts them over the top uh, as NL Central favorites, but it certainly makes their team much better. Um, as for the Rockies, Jeff Britich, you should be ashamed of yourself, man. That was that was real ugly how you turned that situation that seemed like you did the right thing.
0: Um, that okay. is a,
1: that is the Rockies GM Chris, who yeah, had multiple Rock. feuds with Nolan and basically ran him out of town. Um what what was the what what exactly was the feud um let me look at the specifics but he he called him out multiple times um
0: let me see here
1: da, 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 da.
0: yeah I and mean, there was a bad relationship with nolan arenado and the rockies almost uh pretty much the year after he signed that eight-year extension uh, with the Rockies, which was very, very odd. Um, Very, very interesting. Didn't really make a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, now, now he's no longer with the Rockies. You know, he was pretty much the face of Rockies baseball for, for a little bit there, but now no longer with the organization um tough tough with the rockies um you know we'll see how they handle Trevor's story in his last year of his contract there's
1: no way he stays the whole year
0: so you're saying he's probably gonna be a a mid-season trade
1: yes or even an off-season trade um I mean that is the that is probably the number one shortstop in the game going into his free agent season. The Rockies clearly show that they are not interested in competing uh, into 2021, especially with two of those teams that they're going to be competing with within the division. Uh, this team isn't sniffing the playoffs, and they might as well get something for Story while they can.
0: Uh, yeah, that is, yeah, this especially team, now with the Padres and Dodgers pulling away so far away from the rest of the NL West. Uh, there doesn't really seem to be a spot for the Rockies there, so yeah, a trade, a trade with Trevor Story going. I mean, it would make sense, and I don't know for for personal reasons. I kind of you know like seeing a, a trade like this go down because, like, you know, guys who get guys who succeed in Colorado do have that you know narrative floating over over them and it's you know there's some um substance to the narrative of you know having an advantage at Coors but I'm interested to see you know Nolan Arenado he's still in the prime of his career you know he can still go out and perform you know offensively and you know see what we can see what he can do you know when Coors Field is not his home ballpark that's you know selfishly I, I'm kind of interested in uh, in seeing that
1: For his career road statistics, the slash line is 263, 322, 421, 793. Um, Obviously, his home OPS is better. Um, Last year, in particular, I know last year as a whole was a down year for Nolan Arenado, but on the road, particularly, he slashed 227, 302, 333, 636. Uh, That is not at all good, but he is also one year removed uh, from an 866 road OPS in a single season. I'm still trying to find exactly the the details uh on this feud between Nolan Arenado and the Rockies front office.
0: Yeah. Um but yeah I, I'm interested in seeing that because you know it, it's it's sort of a legacy thing with Nolan Arenado. You know, we've we saw like Larry Walker in the Hall of Fame conversation. People talked about Coors all the time, even though the park adjusted statistics uh still showed that you know, Walker was a very good was a very good hitter even with the park adjusted statistics so you know we'll see Nolan Arenado you know his career road OPS is 793 but you know most players Coors or not Coors uh, do have a tougher time on the road you know naturally it's harder to play on the road so you know we'll probably see I would assume we would see similar OP, you know, park adjusted statistics when he goes to St. Louis in terms of, you know, OPS plus, weighted runs, created plus. And then, you know, that won't really hang over his head. And, you know, the defense is always there as well. He's, you know, he's won, uh, he's won the gold glove every single year of his career, eight gold glove, eight, eight years in the big leagues, eight gold gloves. Um, and, it's safe to say he's earned at least most of them. Um, there's not, you know, in terms of National League third baseman, it's Nolan Arenado and it seems to be pretty much everybody else. Yeah. Um are you uh do you
1: I'm trying to I'm trying to get exact details here. Um so it sounds like towards the end of 2019, Nolan was asked about the Rockies situation, where they were headed. And he basically said, like, it feels like we're in a rebuild right now. Like, we're relying on a bunch of young guys, you know, to step up for us. And that's not exactly what a team that's competing does. That's a team that's looking to see where they want to go. Uh, and then, and then Jeff British came out and said, quote, if we were rebuilding, Nolan Arenado wouldn't be here to make comments like that. And then months later, uh, trade rumors with Nolan Arenado. So, uh, I mean, they've made it so I mean, they sort of denied the idea that they were rebuilding with the with the preface that, well, if we were rebuilding, why is Nolan Arenado here? And then months later, hey, let's try to get Nolan Arenado out of here. So that obviously isn't good. Um, and then on February uh, on February 14th, Valentine's Day of 2020, uh, Nolan Arenado told Tim Brown of Yahoo Sports, quote, to be honest with you, there is a disconnect right now, right? Uh, there's a little bit of a disconnect but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to go out there and play my play for the heart play hard for my teammates or be a negative presence in the locker room that's just not me so I don't I mean I guess we can't really see um, exactly what's going on behind behind closed doors but it really sounds like uh nolan was upset with the Rockies direction and the Rockies denied uh, any sort of wrongdoing
0: in that front um yeah that's kind of yeah, that's pretty much what it seems like. Yeah. Uh for the most part. Um, yeah, but you know, a big addition for the St. Louis Cardinals. Now I gotta look at their and uh no one also has an opt-out after this year.
1: Um I I mean the Cardinals obviously did the same thing with Paul Goldschmidt, uh where they signed him a year after. I mean, free is, is different, but you know, the year after he could have become a free agent and ended up extending him. So I'm curious to see um, what exactly Nolan does here, if he decides to stay, if he has a great year and then looks for more money. Because, you know, just by nature of course Field, I think it is fair to, to make a projection that Nolan could have a down year in 2021. I don't want to look at it like that, especially with the year he just put up. Uh, ultimately, I do think he ends up staying in St. Louis for the duration of this contract. Um, but I guess we'll have to see. And obviously this makes the Cardinals a much better team. Uh, Tommy Edmond, who was the third baseman last year, had a bit of a down year. Uh, he's a guy who's versatile, so you can put him anywhere while you stick Nolan at third. Um, and this
0: team now sort of enters the conversation of who can compete this year. Um, yeah, for sure. Especially in, you know, every, every team in the National League Central, except the Pirates, seem to be yep. in contention for leader in the NL central. And I would say that, you know, this, I think a move like this makes them the outright favorites to win the national league central. I mean, looking at the rest of the national league central, you have the Cubs who have traded who just traded their best pitcher, a guy who um, if they didn't have him, it's a question. There's probably a good question of whether they would have won the division last year in you uh, Darvish, who, was spectacular. Finished second in the Cy Young vote. So you know, obviously they're not in the business of competing. They also, you know, non-tendered Kyle Schwarber. And then the Reds uh, are losing the actual Cy Young winner in Trevor Bauer, who helped them out, uh, who helped them out tremendously last year. And even they, you know, I know 60 game season. They only finished two games above 500 last year. And uh, just like the Cardinals did in their in their 58 games. And uh, who else? The Brewers. The Brewers I'd say
1: might be the biggest threat to them in this division. Um, Because you got to go over the assumption that Christian Yelich is going to return to peak form next year. Uh, I don't, I don't think what we saw last year out of him is, is what to expect. Uh, You also have the age 24 season of Keston Hira. uh, That's expected to become a big thing. This is a team that's honestly just really, really top heavy. You know, they have two bats particularly who can really perform for them in, the, in those two. Uh, the rotation is top-heavy with Woodruff and Burns, and then the bullpen penning a Hater trade is is top-heavy with Williams and Hater, and even guys like Suter and, and Yardley uh, who had some big years last year. The bullpen is probably the most underrated part of the entire division, you could say. Um, the Brewers, I think you honestly could make a fair case that they could be the biggest threat to the Cardinals this year, and maybe the Reds.
0: Uh, yeah, you know, and it it relies heavily on uh Christian Yelich's performance. And, I mean,
1: are we really going to expect him to hit two hundred five next year? No, of course we're not.
0: Yeah, and even like, even with the two hundred five average last year, you he know, he still had on
1: one eleven OPS plus.
0: One eleven OPS plus. He was still uh, above average, even even in a down year. He was above average. That's how you can tell. Like, expect, I mean, like people forget he literally had.
1: An 1100 OPS in 2019. Obviously, he did get hurt for towards the end of the season there, but you're still you're still looking at probably a top five bat in the entire league in this lineup that has the potential to take over and carry them wherever he wants to because he's done that before.
0: Yeah, I guess the Brewers, yeah, the Brewers are the closest to the Cardinals in sort of a star power mm-hmm. and maybe in being a you know quote unquote complete team. You know, complete team also doesn't necessarily mean best team like the, I don't know, the Cubs, the Cubs you might categorize as a complete team, but I'm not exactly sure. Um, and I but, mean,
1: you know, if you're the Cardinals, obviously bringing in Nolan helps a lot, but you're going to need to rely on a lot of guys to step up like Nolan and Paul Goldschmidt, sure, like that's good. Uh, you're losing Colton Wong. Uh, Paul DeYoung had a down year last year, and I think he had a down year in 2019, too. I want to say that is that is fact. Um, Paul yeah, DeJong. I mean, yeah, he was below average OPS plus-wise, probably what he once created plus-wise as well. Um, Harrison Bader has been okay on offense at best. Tyler O'Neal. Um, like, I don't know how many people in this Cardinals lineup do I really see, like, outperforming uh what they've done for that of their entire careers like Tommy Edmond, maybe Tyler O'Neill, maybe but I think it is a lot of maybes you also need Dylan Carlson to step up he's only gonna be 22 this year um but you also do have Jack Flaherty and I think he's going to return to 2019 second half form
0: yeah like the the um the Cardinals offense hasn't gotten to gotten them to the places that um hasn't gotten the them to the places they've gone in 2019 and 2020 it's really been their pitching you know Jack Flaherty you know he had a bad 40 innings last year but it was 40 innings uh you know he had one of the greatest he was great in the one playoff game yeah he did and uh you know had one of the greatest second halves ever in baseball history in in 2019 and it was also
1: great in 2018
0: uh yeah he was he was very good in 2018. They just uh, resigned Adam Wainwright, who, you know, despite him heading into his age 39 season is still a productive pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dakota Hudson, I'm looking at like, he's been able to do well with good luck. And like, I don't know, it may be able to be sustainable because you know, he had what would be considered a lucky season in both 2019 and 2020. So maybe it's not really all that lucky and uh kwang uh Quang and kim, kim was amazing last year uh but it was only in 39 in, innings and you guys were very lucky 39 innings a 162 era um and you know that bullpen's pretty good as well you know you got Gallegos. uh is miller Carrera. is uh is andrew miller uh still on the team or is he a free agent um you want to check that. Um, when does Jordan Hicks come back too? Um, I think he, he got TJ he got Tommy done in, in uh like summer 2019, I think.
1: I want to say that was it. So I think he might come back next year. Uh, we'll have to see if he. Um, Andrew Miller is one me one more year of control. By the way, yeah, we'll have to see
0: what he can continue to do. Um. Now I get a look at. Mr. Wang Young Kim's uh Wang what's his what's his name? Wang Young Kim. Huang Young Kim. I gotta look at his savant page, you know. Yeah, of course. Give, give <laughs> a nice fair assessment. Kwang. K
1: Wang. They also need Dakota Hudson to uh actually he kinda did stop walking people this year. He still had a FIP that was far above his ERA. But his walk percentage did his walks per nine did go from four point four to three point five. We'll have to see if that could last.
0: Um yeah. Uh yeah, yeah. Kim did get lucky. Yeah, very that's very true. Yes. Um <laughs> but you know, Flaherty at the top, uh Wainwright was good. As what's the deal with uh, Miles Michaelis? Was did he opt out last year? Because I don't see him anywhere else. Um
1: I mean, regardless, I don't really see him being a factor in the new year.
0: Um, because I mean, he's you under know. control
1: though. Signed through twenty twenty three.
0: Wow. Yeah, he, he he did sign something before, like twenty twenty spring training before uh, the uh, outbreak happened, and you know he had a great he had a great twenty eighteen. How funny he, is He
1: led the league in wins in twenty eighteen, then led the league in losses in twenty nineteen. Classic Porcello.
0: <laughs> that is that is absolute porcello that's what you call the the Porcello classic <laughs> you know yeah wins and losses you know uh but I guess you know somewhat average to above average season in 2019 and I'm pretty sure he was pretty good in the playoffs um yeah and anyway, we a- just uh we just did
1: all of our work for uh previewing the st louis cardinals in that so we don't have to do it next month
0: now so that's cool yeah that's great <laughs> uh yeah in the in the playoffs miles My, michaelis um 12 innings two earned runs allowed two runs allowed as well mm-hmm. um four or nine strikeouts four walks no home runs so i don't know how that would translate in FIP. Right. um but yeah you know one five career postseason era what a stopper yeah. um so like, yeah, I, he may have uh, opted out last year and he may be coming back this year, but we'll see. Uh, so he's another arm that they have in the starting rotation. That's right.
1: Uh, um, so yeah, is that all we got on the Cardinals and Nolan Arenado?
0: Yeah, that seems seems to be the case. Uh, I guess one one last thing I'll say is, you know, Matt Carpenter was is definitely declining and that was their third baseman. So in terms of a third base upgrade... Uh, this is the best one you could have had and it's a pretty drastic upgrade for sure. This um, this makes their
1: team much better.
0: Very much so. Like I was thinking that the NL Central winner this year would have like eighty-five wins. I'm thinking now the Cardinals could maybe win ninety games possibly, but we'll see. It's a question mark. You know, it's it seems like a, a division where the, you know, the, the top three four teams playoffs. The the top four teams are going to be beating up on each other. Yeah. Um. So we'll see about the National League Central. Definitely the most interesting division in baseball right now. I would say. Division that uh, had four playoff teams last year. Yeah, and. Uh, and now they're def- they're they'd be lucky if they had two. Yeah, they went uh, they went one in one and eight. Yeah, one and eight. Yeah, no, two and eight. Oh wait, yeah,
1: that that division. Yeah, you're right. I didn't mean, the Central as a whole. Central as a whole went, I think, two and, uh, what, two and, fourteen. No, fourteen, something like that.
0: Yeah, two and four, because uh, there were three, AL Central teams, and all of and them White lost. White Sox won one. one, one.
1: The twins got swept, and the Indians In- got swept.
0: Yep unfortunate for uh for the central yeah. and then they went on to win all the awards <laughs> uh, bauer bieber abreu mm-hmm. uh not freeman yeah freeman williams Freeman's the uh, odd man out there williams devin williams and who won manager of the year uh it was Matt- mattingly, and and- and mattingly so neither of them and Cash. so yeah okay but they Either did way, win That's wins. it. That's uh, Nolan or not of the Cardinals. And uh, now, the uh, the next thing we'll get into, the Phillies were not the only team to make multiple moves, multiple major moves uh, over the past week. The Blue Jays um, are not quite done yet. You know the, we've we know that they've signed George Springer, uh, so far, the biggest free agent signing to happen um in the in the league arguably the biggest transaction to happen in the league uh over the past offseason but they decided to fill some more holes they got themselves a shortstop. um well this isn't really a hole necessarily they're we're kind of wondering where he will go but yeah. they signed marcus simeon who is uh two years removed now from an mvp finalist season and uh steven matz who you know is a guy one of those uh he was one of those Met- Mets pitchers where they kept talking about his potential. He got injured a few times. He had some okay seasons and now he's going to be in a different uniform. So he's going to the blue Jays. Uh, what are we, what are we thinking about these two moves that they made?
1: I'll start with Simeon. Uh, I haven't really, I didn't really get a ton of time to think about it because it happened the minute that the hall of fame was announced. So, uh, I was a little occupied at that time, but, uh, My first thought was, where does he fit into that lineup? Because that's a team that has quite an abundance of infielders, especially middle infielders, uh, with Biggio and Bichette, uh, two guys who are much younger than Simeon as well. So it feels like those guys are probably locks. Uh, And Travis Shaw was their third baseman last year. So I think the initial reaction is someone's going to have to move over to third. And, uh, you know, it might end up being, uh, being Simeon. I mean, they could shift him over there. Maybe he could platoon or something. Um, but that creates a very deep lineup. I mean, just looking at it, you know, you got Danny Jansen catching, uh, who's a reasonably average offensive catcher. He's only going into his age 26 season so that he can certainly improve from that. You have Vlad jr. Who was literally the number one prospect uh, in the league coming up, going into age 22. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of him, Chris, but it looks like he slimmed down this off season. So I, I think, uh, he could be on the rise. Very happy about here. that. Yeah. Obviously, Biggio Bichette, like I mentioned, you know, put Simeon in there. And then the outfield, you got Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Randall Gritchick, Teoscar Hernandez, and George Springer, obviously. And then Rowdy Telez. I mean, everyone in that lineup can hit. Every single person.
0: Uh, Yeah, ev- that lineup is, you know, very intimidating. And, yeah, I think Simeon would get moved to third because it's not necessarily a situation of who's the better fielder. It's that the Blue Jays, you know, Bichette has been sort of established as the franchise shortstop as of now. And same with
1: UGO. Like, that's where his dad played and everything like that. Yeah,
0: they're not going to move Bichette over to third for one year because, you know, a guy signed a one-year deal who may or may not be better defensively. And by the way, Simeon's defense is weird because, like,
1: Mm -hmm. baseball
0: reference really likes his defense, and I think Fangraphs does as well. But baseball- Savon hates it is not a fan of no. Marcus Simeon's defense and I, I tend to trust Savant more, but there might, there has to be somewhere in the middle there in terms of, you know, Marcus Simeon and, and his defense. But yeah, I think he, you kind of have to move him over to third because Bichette is your, has kind of earned his spot as a franchise shortstop and he's going to be there until, you know, 2020, whatever, mid 2020s. Mid 26, I think his contract is up. And uh, Simeon, you know, thus far only has a one year deal there. So um, it is an upgrade at third base, you know, another team upgrading third base, you know, coming off a down year last year. And, you know, even baseball savant is suggesting like, you know, it makes a lot of sense that he had a down year, but, you know, things can change. It was only a 60 game season. A lot of guys had down years that were not expected to that. I think can very
1: easily uh, build themselves back up in 2021.
0: Yeah, I think Simeon is a little is a little different because before 2019, he never really, bro- never really quite broke out, and then he had a fantastic 2019, and then he was kind of back to where he was at pre- uh, previously. Yeah, like 2019 was his first year ever with an OPS plus above a hundred, um, and then now then he was back to 91 in uh 2020, but. I'm sure there's somewhere in the middle between 2019 and 2020 for Marcus Simi. And he's probably better than he's definitely better than what he showed in 2020, but, and yeah, I mean, ultimately the point of it is it's a, it's a good signing for the blue Jays and you know, it's a one-year deal. So you never really worry about the financials there now. Um, you know, $18 million is a lot, but it's also a one-year deal. So If you're not the owner, it's not really a big deal. It's a big deal for everybody except the owner. But, yeah. uh, Steven Matz now. Steven Matz, um, he's a guy, yeah, a left-handed pitcher. And, you know, his value um, is definitely emphasized more on a team like the Blue Jays, on a team that definitely needs that starting pitching help and guys that can eat up – eat up innings in a way and unhealthy, in-
1: which is a big asterisk because that is not always with Steven Matz.
0: Yeah, not always the case. Um I'm looking at Steven Matz. He's actually never he's never qualified uh for, you know, he's never qualified for the ERA title or, you know, yeah. leading in strikeouts. By the way, of- the uh
1: the Mets and Blue Jays, they have a history of, of trades working out, uh, but it's never been in the Blue Jays favor. So this could be a time ta- this could be a chance for them to switch the ties on that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know what they sent over, but it seems sort of low risk, you know. Matt's was spoken. Uh, I mean, like obviously, of... this is
1: not nearly the magnitude of the of the deal that I was previously referring to.
0: Yeah, Mister uh, the, Ra. The nice Ra Dickey trade yes.
1: after his Cy Young season that turned into Noah Syndergaard and Travis Darnell.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. The Stephen Mats thing is sort of a low risk thing you know he he came up when he came up he was kind of highly regarded and you know his career hasn't panned out great his career era plus is a is 91 you know the park adjustment has a lot to do with that because Mm -hmm. city field uh has one of the lowest has one of the most favorable uh parks to pitchers um but what what did you think of the steven Matz deal I mean, I think the Blue Jays' biggest
1: weakness last year was starting pitching and particularly starting pitching depth. I mean, after Ryu, it wasn't really that stellar. And then you had to bring in, you know, Walker and Ray uh, midseason just to fill up some spots and drag you into the playoffs. And even, you know, in the playoffs, I mean, you had Matt Shoemaker starting game one for you. I mean, that's not the ideal situation. Um, even if he was, you know, good in 2019 before getting hurt, that wasn't the case in 2020. You now have, you know, Chase Anderson leaves in free agency. Matt Shoemaker is probably going to leave in free agency. Taiwan Walker is still a free agent. You did bring back Robbie Ray, but, you know, you need that sort of depth uh, because Hunjin Ryu, Tanner Roark and Robbie Ray isn't going to cut it, uh, given with, you know, what else you have, especially if Nate Pearson uh, isn't exactly ready yet. So bringing in a guy like Steven Matz, I know that he isn't necessarily an innings eater, but he's a guy that you can look to when – when the opportunity is given and he'll put it and, you know, he'll keep you in the ballgames.
0: Yeah. And like when you have a starting pitching situation, like the blue Jays have, you can't really be, you know, too picky with the arms that are available. You kind of have to just take anybody that you can get. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's what they are doing. That's what they did with the Robbie Ray signing is they're taking an arm that they can get. Um, So, you know, they're pretty much taking anyone that can start the game and uh see what happens with them see if they can keep them in the game that's all they need because they have an offense that will
1: put up as many runs as possible as if you're a starting pitcher you just got to stay within the game and it's going to work out for you more often than not
0: um yeah absolutely and i'm trying to think of what their bullpen looks like it's very good
1: they have a lot, a lot of uh, under the radar guys. Jordan Romano last year a 1-2-3 ERA and only fourteen innings pitched, but still we're running with it. Rafael Dolis a one fifty and twenty four innings pitched. AJ Cole a three oh nine and twenty three and a third. Uh, and Dolis and Romano had pretty favorable FIPs. They were higher than the ERA, but still in places where you'd like to see them. Um, Anthony Bass was uh, listed as their closer, but he left for the Marlins. Uh, but regardless, this is a team that does have the bullpen pieces to complete it,
0: yeah, yeah, it, absolutely. Um, so yeah, just another, another couple pieces for a growing organization that's you know looking to take over the American League East within the next couple of years, yeah, um, and looking to compete for playoff spots now for sure is what it looks like mm-hmm. they're doing, and yeah, you know, adding. Adding to that scary lineup and you know getting another, getting another arm is what the blue jays were doing over the past seven days in baseball. Uh any anything more on the blue jays and their additions? I got nothing else. And now uh we move on to another shortstop uh moving along. You know, we know this isn't the uh the free agent class of shortstops that is upcoming but some considerable ones uh one that you know has a place in my heart andrelton simmons yeah is uh going to be signing with the why don't you why don't you go ahead on this one with the uh minnesota twins and andrelton simmons it's uh he's had you know one of the more interesting careers out of out of anyone in uh out of anyone in baseball i mean he has had some of the best uh, defensive seasons according of uh, best defensive seasons of all time, according to, you know, like defensive wins above replacement defensive runs saved things of that nature. You know, I, his best, uh, his best defensive seasons kind of happened before outs above average for infielders was, was a thing, which was, which is uh, kind of unfortunate. Um, or actually there might be, there might be some stuff on it, but You know, the guy accumulates wins above replacement uh, like an absolute madman, especially baseball reference wins above replacement. And uh, he's gotten MVP votes in three separate years in his career. And uh, what else? What else is here? Leader boards awards and honors. And uh, he's finished top 10 in wins above replacement uh, three times in his career, 2013, 2017, 2018. Uh, but as of late, he's had trouble coming up, uh He's had trouble staying on the field. Uh, you know, as of late, he only played uh, 103 games in 2019, and he only played 30 out of these 60 games in 2020. And his numbers went down as well. Um, so there was a correlation in performance and health. But if when healthy, you're looking at a, Somewhat elite, uh, someone elite baseball player in Andrelton Simmons. Isn't, you know, he's yeah. not that someone that's going to blow you away with the offense. You know, he's had only two qualifying seasons with an OPS plus above a hundred, but you know, he's his career OPS plus is ninety one, and then when you can, when you take into consideration him being potentially the best defensive shortstop in the game. That's a very valuable guy to have. And I think the twins noticed it. They signed him for 10 and a half million dollars, a guy who hasn't played a full season since 2018. So yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of the Andrelton Simmons situation. And you kind of have to keep an eye on this guy because he might, he might surprise you and sneak up in the top five and wins above replacement. If you, if you aren't paying close enough attention.
1: Yeah. Uh, my, I guess my question is, where does he fit here? I mean, obviously he goes to shortstop as does, do they move Jorge Polanco to DH because Nelson Cruz is leaving? Do they put him at second and then put Luis Arias at DH? I don't really know how they're going to handle that, uh, but the twins are certainly a team. I know that they still won the division, but it feels like a lot of their team regressed last year. Max Kepler had a down year. Eddie Rosario, who we'll talk about in a little bit, had kind of a, he kind of stayed stagnant. Jorge Polanco, Luis Arias, Mitch Garver, they all had down years. Um, Byron Buxton was the one guy, along with Kenta Maeda, who really showed up. But uh, Simmons, I think, is a guy who is poised to have a much better 2021 than he did 2020. And the Twins are probably uh, looking up at the White Sox right now. Um, so they're going to need guys like Simmons to try and compete for that division and hopefully break the playoff curse.
0: Yeah, and um, an update on his uh, – on his defensive ability. This is how good Simmons was. So Simmons played a hundred, only 103 out of 162 games in 2019, but he was still fourth among all fielders in outs above average. That's a count statistic. That's not a rate statistic. Mm -hmm. So he was able to accumulate uh, that many outs above average, despite playing 30 about two thirds of the season. He literally opted out of the season in like the last week. Uh, i'm talking about uh 20,
1: 2019
0: oh, oh. uh where he played 103 out of 162 games but um you know he's he is a, uh, an absolutely elite defender and you know near average offensive production he can also steal a base for you if you uh, if you need him to i mean he's had uh that's four he's had four years with 10 plus stolen bases which you know, not elite, but, you know, a guy who can run the bases. So, you know, I think this should work out with the Twins. Um, he's going to be playing shortstop. Uh, Polanco, where, do you, where did you say Polanco is probably going to move? He could move to DH because Cruz is
1: leaving. He could move to, move to second and then put uh, put Arias at DH. But either way, like there's no way they put anyone that's not Anselton Simmons at the shortstop position. So they're going to need to move some things around.
0: Yeah, and Polanco, it's kind of questionable like um if how legitimate like his 2019 season was. He like he kind of faded off towards the end. He didn't have a great year last year. Yep. So Simmons is probably ultimately an upgrade over him. Um but yeah, I mean uh, you know, I I enjoy I enjoy the uh the move by the Minnesota Twins, you know, they've they're losing more than they're gaining so far this offseason. They're probably gonna lose Cruz. They lost uh Eddie Rosario, who we're gonna get into. They non-tendered him. Um they're losing Jake Rizzi who uh I don't did he opt out last year? I, I don't know. I don't remember him doing yeah.
1: No, he played, he played. It was um, I think he was hurt because he pitched he only started four games.
0: Yeah, so he you know, wasn't much of an impact last year, but uh, you know, the Twins, you know, the White Sox have s- formed themselves as the AL Central favorites, but this is a move the Twins uh, are making to you know sort of compete for the wild card spot. And I'm not saying that it's a guarantee that the White Sox are gonna win the division, but it puts them the it puts favorite. them ahead. It puts them ahead. I enjoy I enjoy a nice Andrelton Simmons signing. You do. I, I like it i like to see it i like guy i like to see him getting that cash and uh i hope i hope he joins the uh class of 2021 prospects and gets a 200 million dollar deal in his mid30s um but that's just, that's just me can't can't wait but uh that's the Andrelton simmons trade or the uh, Andrelton simmons signing. Um, and the uh, last signing we'll get into uh, one another one-year deal, uh, Eddie Rosario, heading yeah. to Cleveland trying to add some production to the very, uh, you know, non-productive the Cleveland infamous Indians outfield. Indians outfield. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I mean, the Indians have been looking for outfield help since God knows when, um, and uh, I mean, obviously, you know, this is a team that hasn't been very passionate about winning, it seems, this offseason. They obviously traded their franchise player after years of hinting that they weren't going to re sign him. Um, and the outfield has just always been an issue for them offensively. Um, I mean, I, would think, I don't think that's been a secret to anyone. And Eddie Rosario, uh, I don't know how much I think he may have hit his ceiling by now, but you have stability in him. This is a guy that will get you you know, on a, around an 800 OPS, he could hit you 30 jacks. Uh, he's not great at defense, um, but, you know, regardless, he gives you
0: stability in the outfield. And that's kind of just what the Indians need right now. Um, I'm trying to look for, there was a stat I was looking at, which is kind of interesting for, for an outfielder. And, you know, I guess outfield sort of implies defensive ability, but he doesn't really have the best defense on, on, in terms in any metric, you know, any website you go to um, I'm looking at. Since 2018, uh, the Indians outfield has the,
1: the fourth worst uh, OP or weighted runs created plus in the majors with 87. Um,
0: so that's not good. Okay. So uh, each of, since 2017, Uh, Eddie Rosario has had an OPS plus of at least one Oh seven every single year. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's qualified for like the batting title every single year. And there are four other outfielders uh, in the league since 2017 who have had an OPS plus of at least one Oh seven in a qualifying season in each of the past four years. Those uh, four other outfielders are, uh, Christian Yelich, Mike Trout, George Springer, Mookie Betts. You know, not saying that he is anywhere near the now. anywhere near the skill level of those uh players, but the guy can bring some offense production to a much needed What happens
1: if you cherry pick if you like if you go down to like a 105 cuz you obviously cherry picked the 107 there.
0: Uh 105 um Oh crap! I just opened up another tab. Um, you add uh, nobody. Wow. Just those four. There you go. You don't even. You don't need to need to cherry pick like that. Yeah. Well, I figured you know it would be, it would be a uh, good relative stuff. Like you know, mm-hmm. he's he's had a OPS plus of at least 107 every year. We'll do 107. But yeah, didn't have to pick cherry pick if you put it down to 105. It's the same, same four members. So yeah, like I'm not saying he's anywhere near the skill level of those guys, but he's a consistent offensive producer. You know, he qualified in all those seasons. So, um, you know, a, a pretty, pretty considerable upgrade for the Indians there. For
1: sure. For sure.
0: Um, I don't know where it puts them in terms of the AL central, but you know, It's something the Indians needed to do. It was a cheap option, and uh, they got a guy who can produce above-average offense for them in the outfield. And uh, the last bit of news we'll get into um, if we're done with Eddie Rosario. A couple of retirements, two legends in their own right, Dustin Pedroia and Daniel Murphy uh, decided Each decided in the past week to hang it up. Uh, Dustin Pedroia did it the day of this recording. Um, Should we do Daniel Murphy first?
1: Uh, Yeah, why not? Daniel Murphy, we all remember him, of course, uh, for the 2015 NLCS where he went off against the Cubs. And really just that whole postseason uh, where he hit seven home runs. I think he set like the record or something for most consecutive games with a home run that still stands to this day. Um, he was just a solid all around player for the Mets, for the Nationals, and then he spent brief stints with the Cubs and Rockies. Um, I don't, I mean, I, obviously, I'm not going to say Hall of Famer, but a respectable career at that.
0: Yeah, yeah, he, he uh, yeah, he'll always be remembered for the 2015 postseason, also, 2016 OPS leader who could forget yep. that? Uh, just a random random year. Random for, really good uh, year, yeah. Pretty random year cuz yeah, he never had an OPS above uh what looks like 809 in a full season.
1: And even that was 423 plate appearances.
0: Yeah, and then he just goes out, he hits 47 doubles, 25 home runs, uh hits 347 and leads the league in OPS. I remember I had him as like my mid-season MVP that season. Yeah, I mean it makes uh it makes sense to awesome. look at his game logs of 2016 uh and see where he was at in that 2016 season um but it yeah awesome. like we we all kind of know his uh his legacy he was a productive player he had that amazing stretch in 2015 uh he had a couple of really good years with the nationals as well which uh didn't really didn't really move them anywhere cuz you know they b- blew it in the postseason yeah, he had a 985 OPS in the uh first half. So in, I guess In the 985 in the second half then? I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that was the case. Maybe yeah, maybe if it was not, I don't know. I don't know. But hey, you know, he he was very good uh in that 2016 season. And then uh of course, you know, definitely bigger in our hearts and yeah, big bigger in the baseball community even though the guy hasn't played really since 2017 Uh, Dustin Pedroia has finally uh, put an end to his career Um, a brief career but a great career in the you know 11 years where he was really uh, producing Uh, and he was definitely you know he was definitely one of my favorite players and uh, he was my my favorite player going up for sure he was uh in the very bedroom that you see behind me
1: um, if you're on YouTube, this was Dustin Bajoya was the poster on the wall. And Actually, I have it. Uh, it's right there off camera. Um, he was my favorite player of all time growing up. Um, you know, he inspired a lot of people to, to play baseball at the intensity that he did. You know, he was, he came up five foot nine, uh, being told he was too small that he couldn't do it. And, um, what did he do? He produced for 11 seasons and he played at such an intensity that. I mean, it literally came to knee replacement surgery. Like this guy gave his knee for the game of baseball. And that's all I need to say.
0: Yeah, and he was, you know, every, every, um, every time he was at, you know, enough health, he was playing for. Uh, he was playing for the Red Sox, um, and yeah, you know, one of the, you know, a pretty underrated defender. You know, the guy won. Uh, three gold gloves uh over 14 defensive wins above replacement um just a great all-around player he could hit for average um he had some years where he was hitting you know 15 or more home runs he stole uh he stole 20 bases four times in his career he was just, just you know he's kind of the you know the uh the poster boy for like what a you know, what you think of when a, when you think of a ball player, like an, you know, just a ball right. player going out, doing everything he can uh, for the team. And that's what he did. He, he defended well, he hit well, he ran the bases well, um, did that for about 11 years. And uh, eventually, yeah, he had to, um, had to come out for, you know, knee, knee issues, he had health problem. He had, uh, you know, problems with his body before that, but, you know, ultimately came to an end and uh, he'll always be remembered in uh, in Boston for his contributions there.
1: He's a Boston baseball icon. And I think he's just such a respectable player and figure around the whole game. Um, You know, like he, he was a dude who just went out and did his business every single day. He didn't let anything stop him unless he physically couldn't do anything about it. Um, and I mean, just to reiterate a last point, like it literally took him uh, knee replacement surgery to get him off the field. Like that's how willing this dude was to go out there and play every single day.
0: Yeah. And a big part of two world series championships as well mm-hmm. is the last thing I guess you can say there, but yeah um big props to thank you Dustin Pedroia's career um you know a big part of Red Sox nation as you would call it um and we hope you enjoyed we hope you enjoyed this episode of Above Replacement Radio uh if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch the conversation flow go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is called above replacement radio and follow us on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Giotta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran, and follow our show Instagram at above replacement radio for all the latest updates on the show. And if you, uh, you know, we hope you enjoyed this news episode and we hope to see you on Thursday where we're going to be talking about Tom Seaver and on Friday where we are going to be talking about the 2007 Colorado Rockies. See you then.